If you have your Bible with you, would you turn with me to um, the book of Deuteronomy? Deuteronomy chapter 18. So it goes Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Start the first book of the Bible, you have gradually come. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. And it's chapter 18. Chapter 18 and verse 10 reads like this. Well, verse 9 to get a bit of context. It says, when you enter the land, the Lord your God is giving you. Uh, do not learn to imitate the detestable ways of the nations there. Let no one be found among you who sacrifices his son or daughter in the fire, who practices divination or sorcery, interprets omens, engages in witchcraft or casts spells, or who is a medium or spiritist, or who consults the dead. Any one who does these things is detestable to the Lord. And because of these detestable practices, the Lord, your God, will drive out those nations before you. You must be blameless before the Lord your God. And then if you turn to the book of Revelation, the very last book of the Bible, and chapter 3. And the Revelation chapter 3 and verse 20 reads like this. And Jesus says these words. Here I am. I stand at the door, the door of your heart, and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. Jesus stands at the door of our hearts and knocks and wants to come in. and wants us to meet with him and be with him also. I want to take up a little theme, a brief theme, just for a moment or two, and then we're going to come and pray, uh, on the theme of supernatural or super nonsense. I sort of touched on it a little bit this morning. So I'm going to say some things that slight overlap and some things that are, are different. So if you were at Long Eaton School this morning, I, I took the theme of Halloween, the tr- trick behind the treat. And uh, I was taking that theme this morning, and I said a few things, and I'm going to sort of overlap slightly. So one or two things that I might say tonight, you might have heard this morning, perhaps, one or two statistics, something like that. But I'm just, just developing that theme just for today. I mean, obviously, tomorrow, the 31st of, of October, is Halloween, or Hallows, Eve, and uh, I just want to take up theme just for a moment or two. Some years ago, a man called Yuri Geller... Hands up if you've heard of Yuri Geller. The older ones amongst us, me included. It's of an age and era, isn't it? Sort of 20, 30 years ago. Yuri Geller uh, comes from a Jewish background. Friend of Michael Jackson, one of his best mates, so so he says. He used to bend spoons on TV, didn't he? He would go on TV and touch the television. And he'd encourage everybody to try and get their minds to sort of melt together. Get an image in your mind, he would say. He did these these sort of um, acts on television. Getting everybody to to melt their minds together, to have telepathy together. Yuri Geller was a bit of an occultist, paranormal. And he would rub spoons and bend them on TV and all sorts of weird things and do funny things. And he was into UFOs, poltergeists and all sorts of stuff. But sort of about 15, 20 years ago, he was on telly all the time, always on breakfast TV. You, you think this morning when I talked about GMTV, breakfast TV, I spend my life watching breakfast TV. I honestly don't, but I probably did many, many years ago, a number of years ago. And um, he, he sort of made the occult 
become sort of a bit trendy and um, he was doing these amazing things on telly and affecting a whole generation of people all in one go as we watched telly all at the same time. And uh, he sort of he took this theme of, of the supernatural uh, and made it more palatable. More people sort of exposed to weird things, wonderful things, mystical things. Um, and he sort of, all those people laughed at him. People were doing all sorts of these things as well. At the time, I remember um, it was something that was quite big. And it was around about the time I was becoming a Christian And uh, at that time. I, I, I said some things this morning that, you know, there was an occult census in uh, 1989. And it estimated that there were something like 250,000 witches and pagans in, the, in this country. 1989, that's some time ago. Uh, 20 odd years ago, isn't it? Something like that now. Um, in that S, roughly, and uh, it's gone on, we've gone on from there. Lots of people involved in spiritual things in the occult. The occult is, uh, means hidden. Uh, Ouija boards, tarot cards, uh, divination, crystal balls, crystals, uh, uh, spiritistic healing, mediums. It's all part of what we call the occult. Uh, it's, all, it's looking at power and looking for your future and having power without going to God. It's an alternative to going to God. This is why God says in the book of Deuteronomy, these are not good things. They're things that get you away from God and become, get you trapped by devilish power. Whereas when you give your life to God, he gives you all in return. He's an amazing God. He gives you freedom. But if you get trapped by the devil, then you become snared, ensnared, um, tied up. And this is why God says, do not do these things. Get, don't get involved in these things. Um, and uh, one of the things uh, that was found uh, in 1989, of a thousand practicing occultists, they asked them to complete a form. And they, they, this is the question. They asked them, when did you become interested in the occult? And 67% of those thousand people that were polled said before 18 years of age. 22% said between 18 and 25. 6% said between 26 to 35. And 5% said over 35. In other words, what we find is younger people were getting enticed, 67% before 18 years of age out of that thousand, to get involved in things like Ouija board, tarot cards, the stuff when you did it at school, you'd have a, a, a tumbler on the table, you'd, t- you'd write out little words and it would spell out different things. That's doing Ouija. It's, it's, it's letting, letting people um, be open to a spirit guiding you and this sort of stuff. And uh, lots, of, lots of young people getting um, introduced to the spiritual dimension in life. Um, GMTV, mid-90s, were doing a poll on television. This is the, breakfast, the old breakfast TV, ITV. is one of the first ones that sort of started. And they said, is, it, is, the, is all this stuff about you know, UFOs, um, God... Um, experiences, supernatural, or is it super nonsense? And this wasn't a scientific poll, but when they closed the lines the next day, they, 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 uh, that, that day, later that day, at the end of the programme, when it goes from the early morning to sort of whenever it is, I don't know when it goes, dinner time, whatever it was, um, they actually said that something like, what was it, uh, what did I say? Uh, 87% of people said, yes, we believe in the supernatural, and 13% said, no, it's super nonsense. 87% of people watching telly in the mid-90s at that time were saying they believed in supernatural things. 87% of those that rung in. I don't know how many thousand that was, but it's quite a lot. So, you know, people are exposed and open to the supernatural. Do you know, a study was done in the year 2000 at Nottingham University. 
um, by two guys called Hay and Hunt. And they did a study into the experience of um, spirituality, spiritual experience. Have you had a spiritual experience? And they termed spiritual experience as not just going to church and believing in God, but feeling an experience of God or something like a spiritual experience. Ghosts, you know, experience of God, feeling an amazing sense of love, forgiveness, released, this type of thing, you know, Buddhism, whatever it is. And they asked a, a, a group of people, and they, what they did, it, they compared 1987 to the year 2000. They were doing a study in the year 2000. You can look at this online. And... Um, it, right, right on our doorstep at Nottingham University. And in 1987, they found something like 48% of people that they spoke to expressed that they had a spiritual experience, 48%. Uh, in the year 2000, they found 76% of people that they spoke to had had a spiritual experience. In other words, the percentage from 1987 to the year 2000 had gone up in the amount of people that said, yes, I've had a spiritual experience. Don't be deceived. We're living in the modern era... It's 2011, about to be 2012, and people are more spiritual than they've ever been. Even though it's, um, you know, you've got your Apple iPhone and iPad and we're scientific and we've become more sophisticated. In actual fact, people are looking for and are experiencing spiritual things more than they ever have. It's not true that people are not interested. In actual fact, people really are interested and are experiencing the spiritual dimension. So we're finding that it's not so much super, uh, it is more supernatural and it's not super nonsense. That there is a supernatural dimension. That there is an almighty God, there's a good, an amazing good, but there's also an evil upon the face of the earth. We need to line up our lives with God and the good uh, so that we don't become enticed by the spirit of the age in which we um, live. So... um, so during the last decade, we've increasingly witnessed, really, I would say, why, why are people talking about spiritual things? You've only got to go to any bookshop. You look at the mind, body, and spirit section, and it's loads of different types of books. And uh, if you said to someone, I'm a, you can say to someone, I'm a Christian and go to church, they go, what are you doing that for? If you said to them, I read tarot cards and I'll read yours for free, they go, oh, thank you very much, that'd be good then, thank you. you know, there's this, there's, it's, a, it's bizarre, isn't it? Or if you say, I'm a healer. And I could lay my hands on you for nothing and you could get healed and you'll feel heat. They'll go, yeah, I'll well, have that. Thank you very much. It's inc- people today are really open to the spiritual dimension, as it were, like we've never been before. And perhaps some of that is because during the last decade, we've become increasingly witnessed a backlash um, to the materialistic scientific age in which we live. People are finding that material things don't meet everything in life. You know, with a credit crunch... Stock market, the difficulty of, of finances and things like that, we're realizing it doesn't answer everything to life. In actual fact, there's more to life. It's great to have nice things, there's nothing wrong with that. But people are finding in the age in which we're now living, you can have lots of things but still not be happy. Okay, you can be happy to a degree, and of course you do, but there's still something deep, deep, deep within the human heart that wants more from life. There's a desire, and we're finding that people, there's a bit of a backlash. And also from the material things, but the scientific, science can't answer everything. Science can't answer the basic need of the human heart. It can maybe look at global warming and find out things like that, but can it put it right? Maybe not necessarily. Science is amazing and it's great, but it can't answer the deepest need of the human, the human heart, the sense of meaning, the desire for purpose, and what's 
what's life really all about? And so it's evidenced in things like the New Age movement. It was all the buzz when I was, became a Christian in the 80s, the New Age, the dawning of the age of Aquarius, how dodgy it was all going to be, and all that stuff. But the New Age covers everything, from crystal healing to tarot, to living in a teepee in the back garden, whatever it is you want to do, sitting underneath a, a pyramid, um, to doing um, spiritistic healing, or, or whatever, or, or, or meditating. It covers a whole lo- new load of things, of spiritual experience. And uh, you know, there's, there's psychic channels, there's new age channels on, on digital TV. There's all sorts of stuff today. So there's been a bit of a backlash. You know, the green movement, looking at the environment and the earth, realizing that science can't answer everything. We've got to look after the world in which we live. There's been a bit of a backlash to these things. It's become more the norm today. And, um, uh, and so these things, so these things coming together, material age, the backlash, has, has all made the human hearts, we're all being channeled towards. And I believe also we're coming to the end time. I'm going to do a series on this in the near future about the return of Jesus Christ. We're coming to those times when Jesus is going to be coming again. And when that happens, there's a rise in spiritual activity. When the first advent of Jesus, when we celebrate at Christmas, the angels were all buzzing around. Buzzing around, that doesn't sound quite right, does it? But you know what I mean. There was an activity. You know, that's not a very good picture of the nativity scene, is it? Angels buzzing around. Um, but you know what I mean. There was a- angelic visitation. Uh, there was all sorts of things going on in the spiritual realm. And when Jesus came the first time as a babe, when he comes again, there's going to be a lot of spiritual activity. Be prepared. And so there's a lot of activity going on, a sign of the times. You know, you can go to a doctor's surgery and you'll hear people make a statement like, well, the drugs have dealt with my physical effects, but what about my deep hurts? What about my needs? What about my heart? You can take a sedative and it can calm you down. But what about your heart? And that's what people are craving, the matter of the heart. And they're looking for experience and we're experiencing lots of different things and the spiritual dimension too. So it's about the emotions, it's about the spirit. Hence we have what we call complementary medicine. Dealing with your, not only dealing with your body and your physical being, but dealing with your head, the way you think and your heart and your spirit. And so there's all this whole idea of being holistic, looking at the whole body. But, you know, God looks at you as a whole, a a human being that he loves dearly, body, soul, and spirit, of which he brings the healing of your heart. Uh, God is the first in looking at us wholly. Um, There's nothing new under the sun, is there, in that respect. So our minds have been so very full, and yet our hearts have never been so empty. Heard one speaker say that many years ago. Our minds are now so full so full of information, but our hearts have never been at a time where we feel there's more to life. And in that desire to more to life, we're open to the spirit. We are created spirit beings, and there's something about the desire of the human heart and spirit. Now, come with me quickly, because I want to just show you this just for a moment or two. This is why I believe there is an interest in the spiritual realm, and this is why all the studies are showing that people are looking for experience, spiritual experiences to some degree. They might not be going to church necessarily all the time, but there's a great opportunity to share your faith and the reality of the living God. And this is why I believe this is the case. And this is why I believe that on a night like Halloween, there is a spiritual evil dimension. I was explaining that this morning. I'm not going to go over that now tonight. But there is an evil spiritual dimension to Halloween. It's not just a bit of fun with masks There is a real evil spiritual dimension. You have to listen to the message that I spoke this morning regarding that, but there really is. Um, If we look at what the Bible would say about the human heart and the human spirit, 
In John chapter 4, verse 24, it says that God is spirit. You don't have to turn to it, but you might want to make a note of it. In John chapter 4, verse 24, it says, Jesus said, God is spirit, and his worshippers must worship him in spirit and truth. God is spirit. God is spirit. He's a spirit being. And his worshippers, you and I, must worship him in spirit and truth. Um, we worship him physically. I'm physical. We're material. Um, was it the, the, the pop artist Sting? Uh, he sang a song, he said, and it goes like this, we're spirits in a material world. It's, it's a line from one of his songs. He got, I think he got that little bit right, actually. He, the rest of his life and the stuff he got into in yoga and all sorts of stuff, we won't go there with what he got himself into, but there you go. But he says, we're spirits in a material world. It's a, a line from a song that, uh, that he penned. Um, but God is spirit, it says in John chapter 4, verse 24. And Jesus said his worshippers must worship him in spirit and truth. He's not a force. He's not a spiritual force. He's a spirit being. He's a spiritual being. And that is where we start with the person of God. He's a spirit being. And Jesus shows this in John chapter 4, verse 24. That's how we're to worship him. But not only is God spirit, it says in Genesis chapter 1, the second thing I want to say is this. So God is spirit and we must worship him in spirit and in truth and with our whole hearts. But in Genesis chapter 1, verse 27, we see this, that God makes human beings, the very first book of the Bible, the beginning of the universe, the beginning of the earth, rather, the universe, the beginning of the earth and the beginning of creation. In John chapter 1, verse 27, we see that God makes you and I, human beings, in his own image. God is spirit. He's a spiritual being. He makes human beings in his image. Remember this. Genesis 1.27. And so the second thing I want to say is this. It says that God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. In other words, we were created, human beings, from the dust of the earth. So from dust we were created materially, but he also breathed into us his spirit. So we're both material. <laughs> you, know, <we're laughs> you, know, you know, I am. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm still here, so I must be alive pinching myself so you know we're material we're made from the earth dust we're material and yet what you see is not what you get there's a spirit i'm spirit dimension see god is spirit and he says it says he made us in his image this is why human beings want a spiritual dimension to life we're not an animal we're not just a um well i might have been a bit of a gorilla when i did that but we're not we're not related you know we're made in the image of god that's what, what the bible says Made in the image of God. In Genesis chapter 2 verse 7 it says, The Lord God formed man from the dust of the earth and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living being. Genesis 2 7. So God is spirit. He makes us, and we must worship him in spirit, says Jesus. God makes us in his image, spiritual image. He forms us from the dust of the earth and then breathes life into our nostrils. He breathes his spirit into us. And the word Breath there means um, the breath of God or the, 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 the spirit of God. It literally means, it's the, a word that literally means when it says he breathed life into us, making us from the dust of the earth, it, the breath of God, the spirit of God comes into us and we become living beings. So we have a spiritual dimension and this is the key of why the human heart craves more from life. It's not just about material things, not living for the here and now. I have a destiny because you're made in God's image. And in deep within, there's a desire for God. He's imparted 
his spirit. We are spirit beings. This is incredible. But this is why we're open to the spiritual realm. This is why we're open to the spiritual realm. And so there's a spiritual dimension to us all. We're made of the earth, the physical dimension, but we're of heaven. God breathed into us the spiritual dimension. He breathed the breath of life into us. Now, um, so, um, now, because human beings have turned their back on God, we're coming to a close in a moment now, but because human beings have turned their back on God and we've denied his existence, we've started to do our own thing. There comes a gap between us and God. And so God makes us in his image so that we can have a relationship with him because he is spirit and we must worship him in spirit and truth. And so he breathes spirit into us so that we can worship and connect with him, spiritually speaking. And there's a relationship on offer with us, with God. But but when we turned our back and human beings said, I'm going to go my way, just like good old Frank Sinatra sung his song, I did it my way, human beings now live life for themselves. We don't live for God. We don't think about God in our lives. And because of that, we walk away from God. There comes a big gap in the human heart. Um, A man called Blaise Pascal said there's a God-shaped vacuum. Mathematician, um, you know, uh, uh, philosopher, scientist. Blaise Pascal said there's a God-shaped vacuum. In other words, in the human heart, there's a gap. The heart aches. This is why people escape to the country. And there's another one, isn't there? Escape to another country. Oh, you can tell what I do with all my life, don't you? Don't worry, I don't, I, I don't watch a lot of TV. I really don't. I just know these things. <laughs> but because people want to find more from life. There's, there's more to life. There's, there's something to enjoy. But it's in the human heart. There's, a, there's, a, there's a, a shaped area of the heart that says, I need more. There's more to this life. Your pet rabbit is happy with his carrots. We're not happy with carrots or whatever you give your pet rabbit or whatever it is. Doesn't think about, well, we're shown, doesn't really think about anything else. But we have a consciousness of ourselves and of God and of something greater and more to us. It's amazing, isn't it? Because we're made in the image of God, human beings. Isn't that incredible? But then we're open to all sorts of spiritual things. We need to be open to the spirit of God. And this is the key that I want to say and want to conclude with. Because we're open to the spiritual dimension... We need to be, young people, older people, you and me, open to the spiritual dimension of God. And we can open up our hearts. And this is when we say, open up your heart to God. We're going to come and conclude with that in a moment. And that's where I'm going about the supernatural. A man called G.K. Chesterton, um, he's a, a great speaker, writer and preacher. He said this, when people stop believing in God, they don't um, come to believe in nothing. They start believing in anything. Wow, what a statement. It's a, classic, it's a classic statement that he makes. When people stop believing in God, they don't come to believe in nothing. They start to believe in anything. Remember what we said about the human heart and the spirit and being open to the spiritual dimension? When human beings stop believing in the God of the Bible, they don't stop believing in anything. They start to open up their hearts because of the vacuum, because of the desire to fill it with something. We believe in everything and anything. And because we're open to the spiritual realm... Hence, this is why people are so into all sorts of stuff. They want to fill the void. They don't realize it. But we've got an amazing message wrapped up in our hearts and lives that we could change the world. We could change the world if only we got hold of this. If only we took it on fire. Each one of us on fire. I'm going to speak in the weeks in the future. The power of one. You know, just you and I on fire, we can make a huge difference. On fire for God, the power of one. And so our hearts to be open. And so there's a need 
to be open-hearted. And so Jesus says, didn't he, in Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone opens the door, that door is the door of your heart. Not the door of the church, but the door of your heart as well. If anyone opens the door, if you open up the door of your heart, I will come in to be with you and you with me. See, there's a desire of the human heart for the spiritual realm. There's a desire for meaning, purpose, and love. And God wants to fill that. A loving God, a powerful God, almighty God. And so the first step for you and I is, Jesus said in John chapter 3, he says, you must be born again. John chapter 3, verses 3 following, he said to a man called Nicodemus, you've got to be born again. You've got to be born of the Holy Spirit. You have to trust in the living God. We've got to trust the Lord Jesus Christ. The first thing we need to do to open up our hearts to the true spirit, because the thing is, if you haven't opened up your heart to God, you'll open up your heart to all sorts of other stuff. The amount of young people I've met that have prayed about this or done that or done a bit of tarot, you know, um, before I became a Christian, I started to get involved in tarot cards. I was about 17 years of age. Started to get my brother involved in it, just mucking about, mucking about. And then a year later, uh, I became a Christian. God saved me amazingly from uh, something that could have taken over my life. You just don't know, do you? But thank God for that. So, But these things, if we don't line up our hearts with God and open up our hearts to God, then the danger is we can be enticed by all sorts of other stuff. We don't want that. So the first thing then we need to do, Jesus says you must be born again. You've got to open up your heart to God and say, Lord Jesus Christ, I ask your forgiveness. You died for me that I might live. I want you to come and live and live within my heart. I want to live for you, God. I'm going to open up my heart to God. Perhaps you're here tonight and you've not done that. You might read a Bible. You might even sit in church. You might sing some songs. But you haven't come to that point where you've said to God, I'm going to open up my heart. Will you come in? Forgive me, God. I want to live for you. That's what becoming a Christian is all about. It's saying to God, I want you. I need your forgiveness. You've paid a price for me. I've lived my life for myself. Sin is rebelling and living for me without God. And I say, forgive me, God. I want to now live for you. I'm coming back to you. Would you come into my heart and my life to be born again? And then something amazing happens when you do that. The Holy Spirit rushes and is released within you. And our hearts are open to the living God again. Perhaps you're here tonight and you need to do that. Some of us are here and we're Christians. And what we need to do is the second thing. Some of us are already Christians. We've opened up our hearts to God. We've asked his forgiveness. We've given our lives over to him. We've repented. We've said, forgive me. I'm going to live for you. I want to live for you. Forgive me, God. But we need then the second thing in, um, with this we're closing. In the book of Acts, chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus said, wait for the power of the Holy Spirit to come upon you. Wait for the power of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. Acts 1, verse 8. We need the Holy Spirit to draw us to Jesus so that we become born again. And we have the Holy Spirit to give us also power to live the Christian life. It's like dynamite. The word power there in Acts 1 verse 8 is dynamite. There is a supernatural power of God. We, we serve a God who is supernatural. I have a, a bit of a saying. I believe we can be naturally supernatural. Because we're spirit beings. It's natural to live in the supernatural. Good. The good of God. The danger is people open up their hearts and lives to all sorts of other stuff. But we can live naturally supernatural in God. But it's the power of the Holy Spirit. The danger is in the church, what's happened in a lot of churches, is that we've denied the power of God. And people are looking for answers and power to live life and answers. And where the church has denied the power of God, people have opened themselves up to all sorts of other powers. 
But where the church has embraced the power of God and the power of the Holy Spirit, we've seen advance in the kingdom of God. Interesting, isn't it? There's a real openness. So the second thing that we need to do is first is to be born again. The second thing is we need to be empowered. You know, I was being a Christian three years. I got converted in a brethren assembly. And um, I remember reading my Bible, about the, learning about the power of the Holy Spirit. I was a com- convert to Christianity. I became a Christian, asked God to forgive me. I loved God. I was, um, you know, in the church, believing in God, following God. And then I began to read the book of Acts about the power of the Holy Spirit. And um, it was in my bedroom, three years later after becoming a Christian, that I was um, worshipping God, that I was baptised in the Holy Spirit. That's how I came into Pentecostal church. I was in a brethren assembly. This was a group of people that believed the gifts of the apostles ceased with the apostles. And I was filled with the spirit. I began to speak in tongues. Nobody laid hands on me and said, repeat after me, a humba, humba, humba. I didn't, they didn't do anything like that. I just began to speak spontaneously in the gift of tongues. And I read it from the Bible. It was incredible. I remember crying and God in the room, filling my life, overwhelmed, released in the power of the Holy Spirit. I was baptized in the Spirit, just as it said in the book of Acts. We need the empowering of the Holy Spirit. We need the power of the Holy Spirit, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to fill our lives. Second thing. And thirdly and finally, we need to be continually filled. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 18 says, be continually filled with the Spirit. If we're not to be enticed, if we're not to be drawn, if we're not to be deceived, it says even the elect, if they could be deceived. Do there's you know what? I'm going to speak a, a message. On, I, I do a, a lot of this on the area of deception. We're living in an age where we do want the power of God, but even for Christians, it's a danger of being deceived. Many years ago, there was a, a, a Christian teacher by the name of William Branham. You might not know, but you can, you can look at this stuff on, on uh, YouTube. William Branham was a Baptist, great healer, and he got baptized in the Holy Spirit, and a great teacher and speaker, brilliant man, a godly man. And he began to pray for healing, and lots of people got healed. And then he began to have this angel, and he would pray that um, people were healed when the angel appeared. And you could see this light by him. But what began to happen, he began to be more wrapped up with the angel than he did with Jesus. And what began to happen is he began to move dangerously from the healing power of Jesus almost to being more wrapped up with this angel and a mediumistic presence. How easy it is to be deceived. One degree, half a degree in an airline pilot. If an airline pilot is on a journey and takes half a degree off by the end of their several thousand, well, I mean, I'm probably saying something completely wrong now, Mike. <laughs> You'll stand to correct me. But, but uh, you know, uh, even if it's half a degree, you can, your destination begins to go way out of line. And you know what? Only a small degree out of line with the heart of God. And you know what? It's possible. There's even present things. And we're so desiring in the charismatic Pentecostal church of knowing the power of God. And so we should. Because I'm saying we should. But we need to make sure that our hearts are open to the spirit of Jesus. Prophecies, testimony of Jesus. Spirit of prophecies, the testimony of Jesus. If it starts telling us to do other things, then it's none of God. Don't care how accurate it is. It's not of God. So we need to be empowered, don't we? We need to become a Christian. We need to the Holy Spirit. We need to be um, um, baptized, filled with the Holy Spirit, the power of God upon our lives. And as Christians, we need to be continually... um, uh, being filled. It says they continually be released, open, our hearts open to the flow of the Spirit within our hearts. One of the challenges I feel in my life at the moment, God, God challenging me to be open to the, His Spirit 
live, live a bit more, I'm saying about living on the edge a bit, not, not living on the edge, doing silly things, but just be open to the immediacy of his presence. Just be open a bit more to step and just, just go for God and, and just cling to him afresh. And, as if, and I feel God's taking me back to when I was, as if I'm back starting out all over again when I first became a Christian. It's, there's something exciting and thrilling about just putting my hand back in his hand and, and being afresh. And this is what God wants to be, fresh in him, doesn't he? Uh, we can become a bit stagnant, can't we? So supernatural or super nonsense? There really is a supernatural. And the power of God. He says, the Bible says, greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. And as the days get darker, the church has got to burn brighter. Halloween's a dark night. But I tell you what, if I can burn for God. I don't burn bonfires. I have a burning heart. I don't, I don't, I don't um, light a fire outside. I burn I had the fire of God burning within me. Let me tell you, I have prayed for people who have been possessed. I prayed for someone that was possessed once. And the hairs on my head stood up on the back of my neck as the evil spirit began to speak out from their chest. I tell you what, the power of God, when you know that Jesus is alive, is great. I was petrified. I felt like running out the building. But then we said, in the name of Jesus. It was amazing. It says, when the disciples said, even the demons listen to us, Lord. I had that experience. I thought, wow. God is great. He wants us to be filled with him. He wants us to give our hearts to him afresh. To be open to him in new ways for new days. And to burn brightly. Let's pray together, shall we? God bless you, folks. Father God, let's open up our hearts to him just for a moment or two, shall we? Father God, see us this evening. Here we are. We're here because we're here because we love you. And as the days get darker, the clocks go back, it seems that much darker. We want to get brighter, burn all the more. We pray that Oasis Christian Centre will burn brightly. City on a hill. Oh, Father, did not our hearts burn within us, said the disciples. We want hearts that burn. Burn for you, Holy Spirit. I pray tonight. For the first time, there are people here tonight that you need to get your heart right with God. You need to open up your heart and say, God, I need you in my life. If that's you, right now, in your heart and mind, as you close your eyes, say to God, I want you in my heart, God. Forgive me, I've not lived for you. I've been doing my own thing. I've not lived for God. But I want to live for you. Will you forgive me? I believe in Jesus dying for me. And I want you to come into my heart. I'm opening up the door. And there are some of us here tonight, you are Christian you haven't been baptized in the Holy Spirit. That doesn't make you a second-class Christian, by the way. But there's a power of God, the power of the Holy Spirit to be released in your heart. And just open up your heart right now. I pray, Father, as people are opening up their hearts, not get to get worried about whether you speak in tongues or not. That's not the point right now. But as we open up our hearts to the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the filling of the power of your Spirit, I just pray, Holy Spirit, you'll just begin to come. And be loosed in hearts and minds. There's the power of God and good. A supernatural good in the person of the Holy Spirit. And we just pray that you'll fill our hearts and minds and spirits again with you. For the first time. I believe there's Christians here tonight. And we just need to be filled again. You know, maybe worries, cares, sickness. Maybe difficulties, upsets have bashed you and buffeted you. Maybe you've grown a bit cold. I don't know what's happened. It's not your own fault. But right now, be filled again. Be continually full. And I pray, Holy Spirit, will you just come and be released afresh in our hearts and in people's minds. Where people are feeling weary, dried up, be released again. A 
the Holy Spirit be released again. I pray where people are fearful that nothing seems to happen when you pray like this. So I want to pray for anyone. If you, you feel fearful that when we start talking about the Holy Spirit, if we start talking about being baptized in the Holy Spirit, if there's anyone that gets fearful about that, not that you're frightened of God, but nothing seems to happen to you, I just want to pray. I just pray over you right now that you break the power of that fear, Lord. That's exactly what I used to feel myself. I pray you break the power of that fear where there are people who may be fearful that they're not speaking in tongues where there are people who've been prayed for the baptism in the Spirit and they've felt nothing. I just pray you break the power of that fear because you love each one of us exactly the same. And it's a gift, the wonderful gift for us all. I take a spiritual authority over the atmosphere of this place and break the power of that fear. It's a disappointment. I pray that you, you, you don't come to disappoint, Lord. You come to thrill and love. And I pray, release the thrill of your presence and your love right now upon our hearts and minds right now in this place. I just wonder if uh, we could close with, we could sing something together, if it's possible. I don't know, I'm pouncing on, on the guys, the worship team, but if you could, just come together. And we say, Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. If we could sing that, fill me anew, fill me anew. Spirit of the Lord, fall afresh on me. It's, a, it's an old song, but something very simple. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. We're just going to sing this as we close together. Whether you're asking God for the first time to come into your heart, whether you're asking God to fill you with the power of the Holy Spirit or for the first time, baptism in the Spirit, or whether you're sitting as a Christian, I've grown cold. Oh Lord, I just need a sense of filled again by you, with you. Let's just so we stand as we say, Spirit of the living God, come and fall afresh, fall afresh on us.